introducing me. I am very aware of the hurling final between uh, Limerick and uh, County Clare. So I'll promise to be finished in time for you to be able to, to enjoy that. Uh, as a South African, I know absolutely nothing about the sport. Uh, I apologize for that. And I trust that it will be a good day for whichever team you support. It's a great joy this morning to have uh, close friends of ours from South Africa. They've come out with their first visit to Ireland and graciously hosted by Peter and Jean. They're sitting in the back row, so I'm not sure what that says about me as a preacher, but, uh, but uh, please do meet Arnold and Renee. Uh, we've been friends for, for many years, and it's a great joy to have them with us. So this morning I want to speak on the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And really, this is the kind of stuff, if I was thinking and preparing for today, I wish I had known this when I first came to faith in Christ. So it's in that kind of category. I wish I had known this as a young Christian. It would have made such a difference to my life. So I want to ask a question and ask this question. What is the primary role and work of the Holy Spirit? What is his primary role? When we ask that question about Jesus the Son, it's fairly easy to answer. We can say the primary role of Jesus was to accomplish redemption, salvation, to restore the kingdom of God. We can say stuff like that about Jesus. That's, we, we don't struggle as Christians to say what is the primary role of Jesus, but what is the primary role of the Holy Spirit? There we get a variety of ans answers and, and often a lot of uncertainty around that. But I believe the passage that was read for us today uh, answers that question very clearly. It provides us with a clear instruction as what the role and work of the person of the Holy Spirit is for us in, in, as followers of Jesus. And the answer is very simple. So when we ask, what is the primary role of Jesus? The answer is short and, and sweet, to bring about salvation. We can say exactly the same. What is the role and work of the Spirit? To glorify Jesus. Simple. That's his role. That's his job. That's what he's, come, what he's sent to do. But we're we going to unpack that a little bit from... John chapter 16. We see uh, immediately in verse... Gone off, back, we're back. We see immediately in verse 13 that Jesus says that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. So the first thing we can say about how Jesus how the Holy Spirit goes about glorifying Jesus is that he will lead those who follow Jesus into all truth. Now, you must remember, Jesus is saying this to his disciples after the Last Supper or during the Last Supper. The Apostle John records for us everything that Jesus said around that 
last meal they shared together. We are told in John 13 that after the meal ended, Jesus sat down and he spoke these words to them. So John chapter 13 to chapter 17 is Jesus just speaking around the dinner table with his disciples. And Jesus knows that very soon he is going to be arrested. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. He'll be buried. Then he'll be raised from the dead. And then he'll spend some time with his disciples. And then he's going to ascend into heaven. Jesus knows that's going to happen. But his disciples don't, they can't comprehend that. He's already spoken to them a bit about that, but they, they're incapable of comprehending everything that's going to happen. So Jesus is preparing them for what it's going to be when, when he is We'll switch. No problem, Nathan. So, don't tell me we have the same problem with this one. We do? Keep going. All right. I must tell you, that's very unusual for someone to say that to me. I normally have people say, we can't hear you. So, the loss of Jesus' abiding presence with his disciples is going to be compensated, if you will, by the Holy Spirit coming to them. All right? That's fundamental to what we're saying. Now, Jesus says to his disciples in verse 12 that they are not capable of understanding or dealing with what he is saying to them. So if we, we see in verse 12 of chapter 16, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He can't, they can't deal with that at the moment. So what... How is Jesus going to help them understand the significance of what's going to happen to him when he's no longer with them? How is he going to teach them the meaning of his death, resurrection, and ascension? How is he going to do that? By the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, when, when, we, we, when we hear about the Holy Spirit... Uh, teaching, a lot of people get nervous. But you must, you must bear in mind and remember who you're dealing with. You're dealing with the Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters of creation in Genesis chapter 1. And out of the chaos that existed, the Holy Spirit brought order and structure. So the Holy Spirit creates order. We often fear the Spirit because we, we think that where the Spirit is, is moving and operating, there's chaos and all sorts of weird and strange things happen. That's not the case. Where the Spirit is at work, He creates structure. He creates order. 
And that's why Jesus can say to his disciples, in the midst of all the chaos that's going to happen, the Spirit will come and explain everything to you, and he'll make sense of it for you. In verse 13, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will lead them into all truth. Now, our difficulty with that is, is that we don't understand that truth is not a set of facts. The truth is a person. The truth is a person. The truth is Jesus. The truth, truth is a person. To, have, to understand truth, you have to have a relationship, and in particular, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can't understand truth. Remember what Jesus said in John 14 in verse 6. If we can have that up. John 14 verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is Jesus claiming to be? He's claiming to be truth. So when Jesus says, the Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. What will the Spirit guide you to? To Jesus. That's what he's going to guide you to. So, I want you to understand what it means when we talk about the Spirit glorifying Jesus. The Spirit glorifies Jesus by, first of all, guiding us and the disciples, original disciples, into all truth. And when he does that, he's leading us to Jesus. Why? Because truth is a person. Now, Jesus says back in verse 13, and we can go back to John 16, verse 13. Jesus says this, he will tell you things to come. See that? He will tell you what is yet to come. Now, I mentioned last week, and I, I mention it again for those of you here today. I came to faith in Christ in a Pentecostal setting. I served as a pastor in a charismatic church for, for several years. And so I, I th I'm speaking out of personal experience and out of experience in a a reality of Christianity. So I know that many charismatics and Pentecostals will say, this is the perfect verse. He will tell you what is yet to come. The Spirit will reveal to you things to come. Now, that we interpret that as like a prophecy. The Spirit is going to tell you when this is going to happen, and the Spirit will tell you when that will happen. And the Spirit will warn us when America is going to invade Russia. And I'm wanting to tell you now that that is not what that verse means at all. Not at all. It doesn't mean that at all. Okay? And how and why can I say that? I'm, I say it because of the meaning of the verse. In the Greek language... Where, where it says that which is yet to come, the, the word for to come is the word archamai in Greek. I, I don't know whether I should apologize or not for using Greek words. You may like it, you may not like it. 
that you're such a multicultural uh, congregation, you may even like to say the word. Can you say Erchomai? Erchomai. See, that's not so hard. And that word Erchomai means this. So that's the word, this bit, to come. This, this bit of the sentence is Erchomai. And the word Erchomai means this. To become in relation to a person. So if you'll allow me to paraphrase it into the kind of language that I think we can understand, this is what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you and explain to you things about me to enable you to become the people I want you to be. Okay? It's not about events. It's about how the, the, the disciples, how, how those who are following Jesus are going to become the people of God. How they are going to be followers of Jesus. All right? It's, it means that he will tell you how to be God's people in the world because you are the people of the crucified, risen, and ascended Christ. Right now, I can't tell you about that. Because when I spoke to you about dying, you all freaked out. Right now, if I talk to you about all that, you, I can't tell you that. But when I'm gone, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and He will tell you what is yet to come. What is going, it's going to take from you to be and become the people of God and represent me in the world. Make sense? That's what that verse means. You may think I'm being very confident, and I am confident, because it's good theology. It's good biblical interpretation. All right. And I'm not being arrogant in saying that. I'm, I'm not an arrogant person. <laughs> I don't think so anyway. So, I want you to look at the next verse, verse 14. Jesus, uh, verse, uh, John 16, verse 14. It says, he will bring glory to me. I have an, a, a new King James version. I, I'm not claiming this is the perfect version. But Jesus, in the new King James, it reads like this. He will glorify me. In the New International Version, he will bring glory to me. Now think about the ministry of Jesus. Think about the ministry of Jesus. What, who, who did Jesus glorify in his ministry? He glorified the, the Father, right? Jesus glorified the Father through his acts, through his words, through his submission to death on the cross. He the Father was glorified in, in raising Jesus from the dead. All of Jesus' ministry was geared towards glorifying who? The Father. The word glorify means to bring honor and, and praise to, to be worthy of praise. So the Spirit is going to work 
so that Jesus would be worthy of praise. Just as Jesus worked to bring, to make the Father worthy of praise, the Spirit's now going to work to, to make Jesus worthy of praise. So just as the focus of Jesus was on the Father, now when the Spirit is being sent, the Spirit is going to focus on who? On Jesus. I cannot tell you how important it is to understand that concept. We, 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 we gather as Christians and we, we will have, we'll hear things like, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. You heard that? And many people think, well, what we've got to do now is focus on the Spirit in our midst. We must focus on the Spirit. What is the Spirit doing? Let's focus in on the Spirit. Remember, I come from a Pentecostal charismatic background. I know what I'm talking about. Is that right? Is that, are we to focus on the Spirit? If, what, what, and here's what I need you to understand. When Jesus says, the Spirit will glorify me, the moment you look to the Spirit, he's going to point you away from himself and point you to Jesus. He's never going to say, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. The moment you, you want to turn to the Spirit, he's going to say, no, 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 no. Divert your focus onto Jesus. Look to Jesus. My job is to glorify Jesus. That's his job. And how's he going to do that? He's going to do it by making Jesus known. He's going to reveal Jesus to people. He's going to, it's the Holy Spirit who draws people to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who, re who reproduces the character of Jesus within those who belong to Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit who empowers those who belong to Jesus to serve Jesus. We heard of Tiago's doing service to Jesus, and how is he doing that? By the Holy Spirit empowering him. And the more you seek to glorify Jesus, the more the Spirit will be at work in you. So we can almost say, he has a rule. I, I hate rules. And you'll hear next week, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about being legalistic now. But if you want, he has a principle of understanding the Spirit. The, if you are full of the Spirit, what will you automatically do? Glorify Jesus. Okay? To be full of the Spirit equals glorifying or bringing glory to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is active, then what happens? Wherever the Spirit is active, glory is brought to Jesus. 
Just as the ministry of Jesus brought glory to the Father and made the Father known, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to make Jesus known. There is nothing greater that we can say about the work and person of the Spirit than this. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Now, I'm going to use a negative illustration. I apologize for that. I'm going to tell you something really negative now. But it highlights what I'm trying to teach you. Some years ago, I had a lady come to me and she said, Pastor, the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that I have to divorce my husband and that I must marry this man. And she gave me his name. I said, uh, can, can you ju just say that again? I'm not sure I heard correctly. The Holy Spirit has spoken to me and the Holy Spirit has told me I have to divorce my husband and I have to marry this other guy. I said, okay, let, we'll get deal with this, but just you do know that this man you're talking about is also married, <laughs> which means he'll have to divorce his wife and to marry you. Yes. And the Holy Spirit has told you all this. Yes. Okay. Why is that wrong? Does divorce bring glory to Jesus? Will destroying two families bring glory to Jesus? Can we say the Spirit led this woman? Absolutely not. Right? So there's a negative illustration. And we can... We can we can evaluate just about anything and everything we face on the basis of, of using that as a, as a rule, if you want, as a principle. Ah, oh, the Spirit told me to do this. Okay, fair enough. The Spirit told you to do that. Let's evaluate that. Let's, let's see, and let's ask this question. How is that going to bring glory to Jesus? Is it going to bring glory to Jesus? And if the answer that when you evaluate and the answer comes out, no, it's not going to, then what does that mean? That person has not been led by the Spirit. That's not the Spirit. Because the Spirit will only do stuff that will bring glory to Jesus. Okay? Only. <laughs> I, I, it's a simple message, but it's so important for us to understand that. All right. Next verse. Verse 14. Here is something so important that Jesus says. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine. Okay? He's going to... Take what is mine and make it known to you. He will declare it to you. So let me ask you this question. 
what belongs to Jesus, what is unique to Jesus, what is his, what does he have possession of that is uniquely his, okay? So even if we just think about the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, how is Jesus described? The Word made flesh, right? Jesus is the Word made flesh. And, and I'm just going to run through things. I'm not going to go to all the, the, the verses. But Jesus is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, right? Peter says to Jesus in John, you have the words of, of eternal life. Jesus says, the Father has given me all authority for judgment. Jesus says, the Father has given me authority to raise the dead. John says, I've written these things to you so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. To what end? That we may know that Jesus is the King of God's kingdom. Right? That's what belongs to Jesus. So when Jesus says, the Spirit is going to take what is mine, and make it known to you. What belongs to Jesus? He is the word made flesh, for example. That we can say belongs and is unique to Jesus. So whenever we say to somebody, Jesus is the word made flesh. By whose power, by whose enablement are we doing that? By the Spirit. And who is going to take those words when spoken and minister that to the heart and mind of those who hear it? The Holy Spirit. We often think that we have to persuade people in evangelism. Tiago, I'm sure, can give you testimonies of speaking to people and, and they would respond and repent. And, and, and surrender to Jesus. Why would they do that? Because he's, and others in their team, is such a, they're so smart and so persuasive. Who's doing that? The Holy Spirit is. Because the Spirit is going to take what belongs and pertains to Jesus, and when declared, when made known, he's going to make that real for people. He makes it real for you, and he makes it real for others. Look at this verse from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says this, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. Remember our rule? What's our rule? The Spirit always glorifies Jesus. So if someone's saying, Jesus is cursed, does that bring glory to Jesus? No. Therefore, it can't be from the Spirit. But Paul goes on to turn that around in a double negative. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Right? So let us together, whoever believes that Jesus is Lord, let us together say in unison, 
Jesus is Lord. You want to say it again? Because is Lord. How can we say that? By the Holy Spirit. Is Jesus Lord? Yes. Now when we declare it, the Spirit takes that which belongs to Jesus and makes it known and real and impactful. That is how the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. So I want you, if you're sharing with someone, Jesus has the words of eternal life. The Spirit will take that and not only make it real for you, but he will make it real for those who you are declaring it to. Why? Because the Spirit's role and work is to glorify Jesus. How does he do that? He takes that which pertains to Jesus and ministers it to people. So, the Holy Spirit's work is to glorify Jesus. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to his people. And as the people of Jesus who are filled with the Spirit, what must we do? We must glorify Jesus. And how do we do that? In multiple ways. We glorify Jesus through the fruit of the Spirit. We glorify Jesus through the gifts of the Spirit. We glorify Jesus by being the body of Christ. The more we are becoming the people of God, the more glory we bring to Jesus. Jesus will be glorified when on the last day, as the one song we sang, we will be raised from the dead. On that day, Jesus will be glorified. When we are delivered into the everlasting kingdom of God, Jesus will be glorified. Who is going to bring about the new creation? Just as creation was created by the Spirit, whose, whose work is the new creation? It's the work of the Spirit. Why? Because he wants to glorify Jesus. Okay? So... That simple verse, he will glorify me, is probably the single most important thing. Not probably, in my view, and let me say that, in my humble opinion. It is the single most important thing we can say about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And he always points away, away from himself, and points you to Jesus. So if you, I ask you this question. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Do you want to be full of the Spirit in your life? And if you say yes. And you say, but Mike, how do I do that? Declare what belongs to Jesus. Pursue Jesus with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with everything that is in you, pursue Jesus. And then know this, that the person who is behind that and enabling all of that is the Holy Spirit. If you're going to say, no, I want to pursue the Spirit by himself, you're going to run into trouble because that's not his job. 
Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for sending Jesus. Father and Son, we thank you for sending to us the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you always work to bring honor and glory to Jesus. May you teach us that. May you enable us in that. And may you empower us to do that. We humbly submit ourselves to you as your people, Lord Jesus. And we ask that you would be glorified in and through us as the body of Christ, as individuals, followers of Jesus. Glorify yourself, Lord Jesus. Amen. Edwin, I hand back to you, I think. Thank you, Mike. I'm sure we all share and thank you, Mike, for that wonderful message and that very clear teaching on the role of, of the Holy Spirit. And it's lovely.